Welcome to the Marxist Think Tank podcast, an attempt to look at the world from a class-conscious perspective and to build. It's uh, 9.16 on the 29th of April, 2022. Welcome to the MTT News of the Week. Hello, Jen. Hello, uh, and uh, good evening to everyone in the Western Hemisphere. Right, right. right. So, the News of the Week. We are going to be talking about and mentioning uh, the French election, Macron won. We will be talking about the situation in Ukraine, um, the Russian advance, as well as rubles for gas and a potential spill of the situation into Moldova and Transnistria. We will be talking about Elon Musk and his purchase of Twitter, talking about some of his tweets. We will talk about the U.S. economy, uh, a contraction in the first quarter, a shrinking of the U.S. economy, maybe a recession, COVID in Beijing, the lockdown and the situation in Beijing, mm-hmm. and then some funny stories as well as, uh, sorry, a DPRK parade, not a funny story, um, DPRK parade with yes. a new continental ballistic missile, and then some other stories of products mm-hmm. and things happening in the world, some funny stuff going on. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so uh, where would you like to start, Jim? Well, um, let's uh, start with the, uh, the uh, start with uh, the Ukraine situation because um, that okay. is the uh, actively kind of uh, uh, developing uh, uh, yeah. uh, uh, on the ground. It's happening at a quicker pace than any other uh, news, it seems. Which is that um, uh, from what we've heard, uh, Russian troops are moving away from the uh, uh, the kind of uh, Azov, uh, Azovstal uh, uh, factory uh, encirclement and are mm-hmm. being redeployed onto other fronts, and now is, yeah. quote-unquote, the decisive battle of uh, Donbass. And according to U.S. commentary, uh, they have made a slow and uneven, end quote, uh, progress. Mm. Um, and uh, this is all, you know, uh, somewhat expected, uh, but what's not expected uh, is um, the complexity of the situation in uh, Moldova. So to recap for everyone, Moldova is the piece of land on uh, to the west of Ukraine um, that uh, declared independence from Ukraine after uh, everyone, uh, every country declared independence uh, after the, the collapse of the Soviet Union. Uh, a lot of it is um, it's an infinitely complex situation mm. where uh, Moldova as a whole is... Uh, fairly uh, anti-Russia, uh, anti-Soviet Union, but um, Transnistria, which is within Moldova, is extremely pro-Soviet Union and pro- pro-Russia. And mm. so you have a Transnistria, uh, Moldova, Ukraine, and then Russia, kind of uh, quadruple uh, stack of uh, mm. the, the complexities um, a, a political position. So even ever since the 2014 uh, uh, coup by uh, uh, Zelensky's uh, faction, a lot of uh, Ukrainians has actually fled to Transnistria. So they hold like both like a Transnistrian and a Russian passport um, as uh, uh, like their citizenship, which is actually not recognized by Ukraine. So um, this uh, situation is is now at a point where um, 
Well, in the capital city of uh, Transnistria, there is just uh, large numbers of uh, terrorist attacks. There was first like a, a grenade launchers uh, being shot uh, towards the um, like the administrative buildings in the capital city, and then there was the sabotage of uh, uh, broadcasting stations, state broadcasting stations in uh, Transnistria that was. Uh, um, supposed to broadcast uh, like uh, Russia-related material and uh, yeah. what have you. Yeah, radio. Uh, the, the, the antennas were powered down because the power supply was blown up. Mm -hmm. um, and so right now you have a situation where both sides are pointing fingers. The pro-Ukrainians are saying the Russians did it. Russians are saying, pro-Russians are saying that, well, we have no reasons to do it, uh, mm -hmm. to, to, to uh, instigate anything like this. Uh, yeah. Because it, it, I mean that tend to make more sense because uh, um, one, like the geologic geographical location is far away from uh, where uh, Russia's kind of current uh, military uh, land um, communication lines are uh, is out of reach and uh, will open up a second front, adds pressure to Russia. Uh, mm -hmm. And um, Russia, ha yeah, uh, it's actually if a war were to start in Transnistria, mm, at least from what we understand for now, it may not be favorable for Russia. So Russia is yeah. just calling for everyone to stay calm and resolve this peacefully, and for Moldova to resolve it peacefully with uh, Transnistria, which they have refused to do. So that's the right. rough right. kind right. of right. Uh, breakdown of the situation for now, Richard. Got you, got you. Yeah, I, um, yeah. I think you covered it well there. It's uh, oh, let me just put this one second. Hold on. Um, <laughs> yes. Nice. Thank you. My lighting is perfect. So we got some from viewers. Dust is watching. Hello, Dust. Um, yeah. In terms of um, <laughs> the situation, anyway, like you said, Transnistria is a little sliver of land. I think something's to add is that Russian troops are already in Transnistria as peacekeepers and have been there for. I think 30 years. Oh uh, yeah, um, for quite a while when, now. When the, yeah. Yeah. So when, when the when the breakup of the Soviet Union happened, Transnistria and Moldova had, I guess we can call it a civil war, a, a conflict, and they broke yeah. away and have not ever been a part of Moldova since then. And Russian troops have been in there keeping the peace for 30 years. Um mm -hmm. yeah, I think you're right though. So so this thing about the um tower uh, being blown up, um it was an old, you know, Soviet era sort of uh, radio sort of tower. And yes, so one side says it was Russians, one side says Ukrainians. The Moldovans obviously are a bit worried because it it's um, because it has the um, you know it's adding to the you know the tension of it might spill over into Moldova, right? Um, so at the moment, the the Ukrainians are saying that uh, well, so one of the analysis is that there's two uh, I think it's brigades, two Ukrainian brigades, which are kind of stuck um you know on that bordering that strip to stop any russian uh movements in that's from the ukrainian perspective so they would argue that with the russians are going to attack from transnistria into uh southern ukraine by odessa north of odessa well, yeah um, and effectively cut odessa from the north which would be disastrous it's their last port major port um and then of course the russians are saying that it's in the advantage of oh. the ukrainians to attack transnistria so that they can then are then forced to draw attention from the fight in the east. So opening up a second front for the Russians, yeah, basically. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. So again, uh, as we've seen before, 
or with the uh, bait of uh, uh, Kiev to then uh, mm-hmm. uh, uh, refocus uh, attention to uh, attacking, mm-hmm. uh, you know, Don- uh, the, the, the Ukrainian forces at Donbas. This is mm-hmm. another situation that uh, can be a bait by either side and, and um, to if used well to uh, then eliminate uh, the other side. But uh, very likely, uh, Ukraine won't be able to uh, make too much uh, out of it, simply because uh, most uh, maneuver vehicles, be it tanks or transports, uh, or uh, I have uh, infantry fighting vehicles, has been destroyed, and uh, Ukrainian forces uh, are not very good at... uh, maneuvering and fighting uh, so i want to mention something which is that the, the from america's perspective um the united states uh has taught all of its uh puppet states uh mm-hmm. bordering against uh powers like china russia and iran uh to do what's called a, a hedgehog uh, tactic and no it's not the traditional kind uh back in world war one it is the idea that uh, you should just um, occupy centers of uh, traffic and difficult terrains and then mm-hmm. just sit in place, stock up on food, medication, water, and uh, uh, ammunition, and then mm-hmm. uh, just uh, do not move because if you move, you would be eliminated by the maneuver forces of uh, China and Russia and so on. But instead, just sit in place with lots of uh, uh, what's called long-range uh, tactical uh, support. So, like, uh, basically meaning anti-tank guided missiles and uh, shoulder-launched anti-air missiles. So just sit down, punker down in key mm-hmm. positions, and just use mm, as much of that as possible so as to uh, make it as difficult for uh, 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 incoming kind of maneuvering uh, 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 army as uh, you possibly can. But uh, the, there's just one thing, uh, though. Like, uh, any kind of successful defense, such as uh, Finland's defense against the Soviet Union or the Soviet yeah. Union's defense against Nazi Germany or Stalingrad and so on, uh, is only successful if it can be followed up. Like, after the enemy is, uh, advance slows down, what you need to be able to do is you need to follow it up with a maneuver force of your own to then cut off uh, the now stagnated uh, enemy uh, uh, besieging force as to encircle and then eliminate them. Uh, that is uh, how any kind of successful uh, defense of a, a country is uh, held. But uh, Ukraine, well, it's not capable of doing that. Uh, right. So right. what we're likely going to see is um, uh, Russia will be able to have some success uh, if the Transnistria fight is going to happen. And now on a political front, I, I believe that the Transnistria uh, situation is started by people who want to uh, are ambition opportunists, uh, ambitious opportunists who wants to, to turn Ukraine into a warlord uh, state. Uh, right. much like right. 1910s and 1920s uh, um, yeah. not necessarily by either the Ukrainian or Russian government per se and mm-hmm. this situation is really bad for everyone and, uh, we will have to see what right. happens That's yeah I, actually 
that's something I want to mention is that the Russian, one of the Russian top, um, I guess, diplomats or sort of co uh, guys who makes comments on this kind of situation, he said that um, the idea of a balkanization of Ukraine is very likely that uh, the trajectory right now is is balkanization of Ukraine. Um, so I, in a way, in a way, they've kind of taken the uh, well, the, the the playbook of Yugoslavia is being kind of is happening. Um, you know, sort of this idea of of fragmenting uh, and and breaking apart Ukraine. I mean, I think that's mm. pretty much. I think that's a fair assessment. I think that's what's going to happen. If we think, if we try and predict six months or a year from now where things will be, um, I don't see uh, Crimea going back to Ukraine. I don't see Donbass going back to Ukraine. Um, I, the idea of right. the Ukraine as we've that's... known it. Since 1990, or actually since since the Soviet Union, since it, you know the, the Ukrainian Soviet Republic, um, I don't think that 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 shared country is coming back. Um, I think you're going to have a West and East split. Yeah. If not, if not further, if not further, uh, and it's going to be. I think it's going to be right. Right. That's what I the, uh, was along the Don. Yeah. Dnieper, sorry, not Don. But yeah. Um, yeah uh, one, the root but, cause of it, uh, I would say. Hmm. Uh, sorry, uh, you you are uh, lagging out uh, very badly. I cannot uh, oh. make out when okay. you're sorry, speaking sorry, sorry. or okay. uh, not. I hope it's okay. Maybe it's stabilized. Let's just see. Uh, like uh, either uh, like your uh, face is uh, frozen as well, so I, I oh. literally can't okay. tell. Okay, uh, can you hear me now? Yeah, yeah. Okay, it's getting better now. Okay. Um, okay. Yeah, let, let's talk about the gas. So the other big story is the gas this week. So. Mm -hmm. Russian gas going to Europe. So Russia um, basically said to Bulgaria and Poland that they, because they haven't paid mm -hmm. for the gas in rubles, they are no longer going to get the gas that's been cut off. Um, yeah. Pretty big story, pretty big um, development. Uh, yeah. What are your thoughts on that? Well, I mean, uh, food and um, fuel is the the lifeblood of uh, civilization uh, it is the energy that uh, everything's flowing on so essentially what we are seeing is um russia uh, is retaliating uh, against a world that sees money currency as the lifeblood of uh, civilization mm -hmm. with uh, the actual lifeblood of um civilization and so, like, on the one hand, like, uh, it is a part of um, Russia's overall, the Russian state's overall kind of sentiment of uh, reintroducing uh, real uh, real uh, pol uh, politics and uh, 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 diplomacy uh, mm -hmm. versus the kind of fake uh, money-based, uh, GDP-based uh, 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 world uh, order that has been set up by a finance capital. Ever since the end of the Cold War. Um, now, uh, that's the good side. It will remind people of the world that, hey, like what, you know, what the society actually run on. But then there is also very uh, negative consequences to um, uh, the whole world. I, like we have to understand that, that uh, Russia must uh, retaliate in order to maintain uh, its uh, society and uh, uh, civilization. Mm -hmm. But the, the problem uh, is that once this kind of chain of retaliation economically starts, what we will have, and we are already arguably seeing it, is um, a continuous dominoes effect uh, of uh, distrust 
which mm -hmm. uh, and retaliation, which will cause uh, artificial shortages of production. Uh, so you know, think of it. We are not, you know, actually having a shortage of um, the amount of oil and gas in the earth. At least not yet. That's not the case. And we're not actually running out of uh, soils or fertilizers or uh, farming equipments or labor power to, mm -hmm. uh, uh, to farm and feed people. Right. We're not running out of any of those things. It is just that with the current way that the global society is set up, uh, it's very... It's extremely easy to uh, pin factions, no matter how big or small, against each other too. Where uh, the proper uh, the the um, uh, logistical kind of uh, 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 production chain of capitalism just ceases to function, because mm -hmm. as Lenin said, capitalism is the anarchy of production, and it is very easy to um, you know you know Mexicans off between multiple people to get everybody to mm -hmm. shoot each other, mm -hmm. right? Uh, yeah. That's uh, what I uh, would say is uh, the concern here, and this is you know this uh, kind of uh, action of uh, Russia against uh, Poland and all that uh, mm -hmm. is just yet another step uh, in this right. Right, right, right. Uh, oncoming kind of inevitable yeah. crisis. Yeah, I think um, so. The, the just to add some points on this one, the the Poles were already going to stop paying for and buying Russian gas at the end of this year. But the Russians have you know, cut the contract sooner. Um, mm. And one of the comments from Magnolia um, about they're just paying in rubles. Uh, other big European um, gas companies, uh, traders, have already started buying uh, Russian gas in rubles. So this whole thing of the sanctions, the economic war, uh, it's a great, you know, it's been great in theory in terms of like Biden and, and Johnson demanding and even the EU sort of central government mm -hmm. sort of saying you need to you need to impose these sanctions on Russia. You know, the economic reality is is coming out now. So you've got top traders, um, you know, reading Reuters here, several traders, more than five, have already started payments um, in rubles. So, um, you know, the, that that's kind of collapsing. Yeah. Uh, you, yeah, again, you, the reality of economics will over, you know, will win in the end um, in terms of that. Uh, and another comment here from Dust about wheat and fertilizer. Yeah, so this is a, a really um, concerning story uh, about the fertilizer. So Russian fertilizer, and then of course the wheat products, it is. oil and sunflower oil and seed oil and all sorts of agricultural stuff. Um, there's already a prediction that because between I think it's Ukraine is 25% of global wheat market, and then if you look at fertilizer and you put all this stuff together, they're, they're saying that next year uh, or six months from now. There will be a, um, you know, yeah, a and, uh, food prices are going to skyrocket. So on top of the inflation that we're already seeing around the world in the UK and the US, things are going to get even more expensive. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, and again, you know, uh, retaliation is uh, necessary for self-preservation and survival. Uh, but... Uh, it is uh, precisely uh, this kind of uh, imperialist world order, oh, world order uh, that uh, is going to make uh, us see uh, economic retaliations by you know all countries against all other countries. You know, Indonesia mm -hmm. uh, last week tried to uh, ban exports of uh, palm oil, which you know they are the only producer, you know, one of the biggest uh, producers, and certainly the uh, biggest one in uh, Asia. Um, and uh, uh, for you know uh, the reason, no other reason than you know uh, suspicion and hostility. 
uh, with uh, uh, neighboring uh, countries such as India and whatnot. Um, and if you know this keeps happening, and it it, it is happening, uh, then uh, combine that with you know here in the U.S., for example, uh, the the American economy is absolutely insane. Uh, as it is, you know, as we mentioned in the beginning of today, uh, as it is uh, shrinking, it is uh, it, just last month, March 7th or so, the U.S. Uh, was uh, announcing a new wave of uh, uh, sanctions against China. It's like, you know, are you really in that much of a hurry to uh, commit suicide? Mm-hmm. And the answer is probably yes. You know, mm-hmm. we're not we're not dealing with we are no longer dealing with rational actors. We are mm-hmm. now starting to uh, deal with uh, essentially a, a complete delusional madmen. Uh, mm-hmm. I mean, okay, as Marxists, we've understood the madness of uh, capitalism ever since you know day one. But it is uh, at least which this generation, my generation, I would say. Still uh, a bit shocking to see uh, 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 how uh, just how insane things can get, right? Mm-hmm. Right, right. And and saying uh, talking about madmen and lunatics, right? So there's um, if you you know think about COVID too. So this thing of herd immunity of sort of sacrificing the sick and the poor, throwing them under the bus, um, you know, yeah. denying or sort of not following medical advice. Um, all sorts of scandals in the West, like J- Boris Johnson's like drinking habits, mm. and uh, last week, this week, there was a, a member of right. Parliament, the UK Parliament, uh, caught watching porn on his phone in the chamber. Like so, the idea of um, yeah, the, the that the sane leadership, the elite leadership that is supposed to be superior and well informed and smart, um, that yeah, this idea you're saying about of, of of insanity of insanity of the of, of the system but also just yeah the, the 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 people at the top have never looked so weak have never looked so um flawed uh yeah yep. i think that's uh, if you want to go on to co- uh, before we move on to um beijing uh, situation speaking of uh yeah yeah go ahead uh, your, your sound okay. is all lagging out for me uh again, oh, okay. so okay. just, uh, in, in that case in that, in that case yeah, no, um, yeah. okay 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 um uh, yeah, I actually, I think we've covered the sort of point about the economy in, in the U.S., to be honest. Uh, I'll just make a minor point that the U.S. economy did contract in the first quarter. Um, this is from the New York Times, which I think is trying to make things sound more positive than they are. But uh, multiple projections, I think Reuters did a survey of a number of economists. There is a recession, it seems, coming for the U.S., which um, which is not looking good for the Democrats um, and, of course, not for American people as well, a contracting economy. Um, yeah. Uh, go ahead, Jin. I think you wanted to add something. Uh, yeah. Um, the, uh, I mean, as we understand, uh, the collapse of the uh, U.S. economy has been, uh, has been a hotly talked about topic uh, even before COVID, right? Uh, 2030 mm-hmm. was the generally estimated amount for another recession. But uh, with COVID and the uh, deterioration of the international kind of uh, world stage, um, yeah, it has come about in year 2022. And, uh, uh, you know, for economy, uh, a lot of things uh, that are seemingly unrelated uh, are in fact related. 
So United States is a naval power, uh, despite its landmass. Its economy relies on its ability to control the international waters uh, to uh, enforce a, a, a world order that is beneficial for them, a.k.a. imperialism. And that is done through the Navy. And the Navy is, um, and the Marines, certainly, uh, it is what is responsible for controlling every uh, choke point, such as Suez Canal, Malacca Strait, uh, Panama Canal, so on and so forth uh, across the world. Well, as we understood uh, ever since last week with the uh, Chinese uh, uh, Navy's ability to deploy the F-27 uh, on a shipboard and to make a shipboard and a plane board, uh, the United States has permanently lost that ability uh, and, uh, unless uh, there could somehow uh, be some sort of technology developed to be uh, uh, counter the hypersonic uh, carrier killers uh, within mm-hmm. uh, two years. If that is not capable, uh, if that is not possible, then the U.S. has, you know, effectively permanently lost its naval supremacy. And then, uh, quite simply, that makes the U.S. no longer uh, the uh, naval uh, 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 hegemon. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, it has lost all of its uh, uh, naval supremacy, and according to, you know, Albert Thayer Mahan, the guy that wrote Theory of Naval Supremacy, you know, the most useless navy is the second most powerful navy because you spent all this money and you don't have any naval supremacy. (laughs) Right. Make any profit out of. Right. Um, So that is the uh, uh, situation for the United States. And um, not to mention, uh, you know, DPRK's military developments and uh, their advancements in hypersonic and and carrier killers. Uh, Well, yeah, this is going to reflect on the market. Mm-hmm. Let alone the uh, complete disarray of um, uh, the American uh, uh, ability to uh, organize, uh, you know, uh, labor and logistics and a uh, complete yeah. collapse on that front. This is no surprise. Mm-hmm. It's only going to get worse. Right. This is literally right. only the beginning. Yeah. Uh, and uh, no matter how bad uh, uh, things get on this front, don't act surprised because it's, you know, mm-hmm. it's been coming ever since 2020. Sure. Sure. Um, do you want to move on to um, COVID and discuss Beijing as well as this German study you said about Pfizer? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So um, the two biggest reasons for all of this chaos is uh, COVID and uh, the uh, military power balance, right? So let's get into COVID first, which mm-hmm. is that um, uh, in, uh, so uh, Beijing and uh, all other uh cities uh in china has entered you know alert mode and is preparing yeah. for uh increasing a spread of uh, uh, uh omicron delta cron variants um mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. well uh in this case then uh, what we saw is that um you know beijing is uh, the region in china with um you know the highest uh kind of uh, 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 social kind of tradition of uh, centralized planning uh, from the yeah. uh, uh, centralized planning era where uh, people are very uh, politically uh, in tune and uh, 
you know, uh, understands the concepts of uh, you know mass mobilization and uh, people's participation and you know mass lying and uh, that uh, that kind of stuff. So what we saw is you know even though there's only like barely four or five hundred cases, um, the whole city has entered lockdown. And um, the uh, food and uh, aid uh, uh, preparation has been a lot more orderly than whatever happened in Shanghai. Um, right. Yeah, whatever that yeah. was. Uh, so, you know, things are, uh, according to what I'm hearing uh, from, you know, uh, personal friends, are going pretty all right, you know. Uh, and uh, well, I mean, I can, there I can is help uh, you. no food shortages. <laughs> just uh, the only thing that's shortage was uh, garlic. Uh, northeast, yeah. north parts of northern parts of China, love they love their garlic, and that that, that mm-hmm. shit's crazy. Um, but um, <laughs> besides that, there is no food shortage, and um, but uh, there is a big uh, uh, but here, which is that um, even though uh, we uh, our people are doing everything that we can, uh, somebody's trying to mess it up. Uh, China announced that. Uh, Unknown, uh, well, okay, they probably know, but they're not announcing it. Uh, overseas uh, hacker groups uh, are um, deliberately launching cyber attacks against the uh, the uh, COVID uh, recognition uh, uh, ID card uh, system, the QR code system, to show right. uh, whether or not you've been in close contact with somebody that has had COVID, <laughs> or if you uh, you are the one that is having COVID, right? <laughs> um. Well, um, that is that constitutes as a biological warfare. You know, so mm-hmm. the United States like loves to talk about oh Chinese hackers attacking you know, the U.S. and whatnot, but like this is not just a cyber attack. This is a biological right. attack. You're trying okay. to disrupt. It's the equivalent of uh, during wartime when you're in, when you're being gassed. People like the enemy going around poking holes in your gas masks so that all your people, you know. Are being being infected? That's what yeah. this is equivalent of, and uh, right. Right, it's right, right. Uh, quite disgusting and unacceptable. Yeah, you know, right, right. Yeah, I mean, at whoever it is, I if they manage to find which agency, if it's a government agency, I think that would be that would be a major, would be a very big uh, piece of news. I mean, that, that would be yeah, like you say, that attack on the health code system. That would be yeah dr- pretty dramatic. I mean, that if they got caught, yeah. if there was evidence like so strong evidence, that would be a disaster um, for for the for the U.S. Um, I mean, that that would yeah ruin the relationship. Yeah. To be honest, it's it is a, a huge priority right now. I mean, um, as you said, Shanghai um, by by China's own standards, I think it's fair to say it was. I mean, I wouldn't say uh, again by Chinese standards, it's a disaster. Um, the level of cases. I mean, by Western standards, not a problem because very few deaths uh, by Western standards, that's just fine. Whereas by Chinese standards, dealing with the virus has been much better. So even a few hundred deaths is, is not acceptable here. Um, but yeah, in terms of in terms of Beijing, just to clarify, not everywhere is in lockdown. Um, so they are doing it in phases. So for example, I mean, I'm, I'm in Beijing. So um, the neighborhood across the street mm. from me, there's a community uh, high-rise buildings they're in um, lockdown they have a case inside there so they 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 can't go out for i think two weeks um and they have food delivered and whatnot so uh, but for myself i'm going to work this morning and i will go and get tested at three o'clock so they've had um waves of testing so we had testing on monday wednesday and friday 
And to be honest, talking about your centralization point, mm-hmm. um, the uh, amount of the, the, the sort of state machinery, the organization is, is something to behold. So Beijing is, I think, roughly 12 million people. And we test, they tested essentially almost everyone in the city. Um, so on the eastern side of Beijing, you have Chaoyang, which is this big sort of part of the city where your CBD is and all of the sort of embassies. And um, it's yeah, the sort of center, the most important mm-hmm. part of the city in terms of what happens there. Um, and that section is where you're having localized lockdowns, lots of lockdowns. Um, but the testing, right. So uh, more or less 12 million people have been tested three times, Monday, Wednesday and Friday. So today I will take you know my passport and whatever to work and all of us in this entire area uh Chaoyang is four million people all of us will go and be tested today uh so if you can think about just uh I mean I don't, you can't visualize four million people um but four million people today all of those devices all of that um the amount of people I believe the statistic is like 100, 140,000 staff have come in to do the testing it's something to behold. You know, you're talking about some, mm-hmm. um, you know, an organized machine that is able to do this. It's 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 very important. yeah. I mean, yeah. some people, most people, I would argue, around the world have never seen like a thousand people standing in the same place ever in their yeah. life, uh, yeah. besides like maybe I don't know music festivals, or well, a stadium. So football. like, imagine that, but like a few yeah. hundred times. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um. Uh, I do think, though, I, I'm. I hope that you know that it doesn't get worse in terms of cases and stuff. But I do think that right now, the the the, the way of dealing with this, the, 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 this even this grand machine is being tested to its uh, to its full right now because uh, the the cost on that is is huge and to businesses too. So if you have like a thousand man office, imagine now you have a thousand people walk out at lunchtime for one hour. And th- a thousand salaries that you're paying every hour have to go and get tested three times. So it's it's a lot. It's a big burden. It's a big burden. But um, you know the companies are absorbing it, and um, apparently there will be an infrastructure uh, spend uh, boost uh, stimulus um, to boost this and try and deal with the effects on the economy. Because Shanghai has been in lockdown for four weeks, the biggest city in the world, um, you know mm-hmm. the financial hub of of China. So the effect is going to be big on the economy. So yeah, let, let's see what happens. Let's hope that next week, this time, I'm still, I'm still able to speak to you, and we're not. I haven't been locked into my my apartment. I haven't yet. I'm fine. I can still yeah. go out. <laughs> but um, yeah. So that that's COVID. Let, let's um, I think we wanted yeah, to have some um, some lighthearted. Well, that's stuff. cool. I mean, <laughs> yeah. Um, so I think you wanted yeah, to talk I mean, about. Yeah, I wish we had a lock. Uh, I mean, yeah. Uh, here locally, we've spoken to like local uh, homeless okay. folks uh, that uh, we've helped, and uh, what they're saying is that um, the uh, you know in downtown regions of uh, Cincinnati, the uh, you can uh, even if you're just on the street, you can literally smell the massive amount of uh, sewage uh, 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 that's just like coming out uh, 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 into uh, the streets, and uh, it is, uh, yeah, no, that 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 needs to be sprayed down, like uh, just like how uh, our cities in China, such as one, mm-hmm. uh, sprayed everything down with uh, just yeah. bleach. Bleach uh, turns back to water, and uh, it's completely harmless. And it's something that countries like China and Russia and Iran does a lot uh, to sure. counter the COVID. And yeah, no, uh, we only wish that we had that kind of uh, people's power. You know, 
but um, I think it's uh, time to move on to the other uh, COVID-related yes. news, which is that um, uh, a German study, a uh, peer-reviewed study, uh, shows that, um, uh, well, the Pfizer vaccine uh, causes uh, uh, hepatitis, and there is a, a you know, statistically significant uh, correlation now. Uh, and, um, so on the one hand, it was no surprise to, uh, all of us, uh, uh, or at least a lot of people in, uh, uh, our, uh, ranks, uh, which is that, um, mRNA vaccines are essentially, uh, trying to, uh, get the human body to fight the virus, uh, through a, instead of just a conventional immune response, because the COVID virus is a, a lot different compared to uh, previous viruses. Um, it is trying to build a kind of artificial allergy, so to speak, of the human body against the COVID virus. But then that also means that it is uh, the human body being in artificial allergy against uh, the COVID uh, vaccine itself. And uh, all of that uh, kind of uh, uh, antibody building and uh, uh, allergy response uh, is done through, well, the liver. So, hence the liver disease uh, infection, hepatitis. And uh, we can only suspect, uh, I mean, uh, you know, back when during the Western governments were pushing for vaccination, understandably, uh, uh, when we kind of talked about this uh, kind of stuff on the news, we were getting quite a lot of uh, uh, negative feedbacks as an organization. But, um, well, I mean, now now here we are. I mean, what is logical, mm -hmm. as Hegel says, what is logical must be true, and what is true mm -hmm. must be logical. We made a logical uh, uh, de deduction, <laughs> and well, here we are. And right. uh, there's not much that can be said besides, you know, there's a mystery hepatitis uh, that's been spreading across the world ever since. Uh, yes, the traditional vaccines are much more effective, much less harmful uh, 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 in the long term, whereas the mRNA vaccines were only effective against the initial variants of uh, COVID. And, you know, that's the main vaccine that China and Russia went with. But the, here in the West, you own, the only traditional vaccine you have is uh, Johnson & Johnson, and that shit gives you blood clots, apparently. Um, right. so yeah, um, real fun time here in the West where uh, every commodity comes with a downside. So you can, right. Right. Anyways, we, uh, going we, back to we do have to, we do have to be a bit, uh, actually close soon. Uh, I'm not sure on time. Um, but I, I think what I'll have to finish with, we'll have to come back to Elon Musk's tweets next week, uh, and discuss those as well as the, um, other stories mm -hmm. that have happened that we might've missed. So uh, just on your point of everything being logical must be true and everything true must be logical, I'd like to share and close this with a good one. Uh, Florida man, Florida man story we've got. Um, this is CCTV footage of a man in Florida, Florida man. Uh, one second, let me just get this up for you. And uh, yeah, one second, okay. And he uh, caught on, you know, CCTV. He- oh, what do we got? <laughs> I'll show you. I'll show you. This is him trying to steal something. So uh, he gets a crossbow, and he's putting the crossbow into his trousers, pants for you guys, I guess, and puts his shirt over the top. And there we go. He walks out of the store. 
having stuffed a crossbow into his trousers. Uh, they did arrest him later, but there you go. So everything is true that is logical, and everything that is logical is true. Even Florida man's crossbow. Wonderful. Okay. <laughs> anyway, so <laughs> there you go. I, 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 sadly, we don't have that much time today. I do have to head off, um, but we will be back next week. Oh, okay, sorry, nice. Jen. All right. off, but, um, yeah, great talking to you, and thanks to everyone who's watching, and we'll catch up with you next All week. Right. Thank you very much. Bye, guys. Cool. Take care. Bye-bye. And that is it for this episode of the Marxist Think Tank. Catch us every other week here on SoundCloud. To allow us for our reporting and our content to remain independent, please consider donating to our Patreon and becoming a voting member in the link down below in the description. If you have a news tip or would like to talk to us, please email admin at marxistthinktank.org. Our editor is Sean Sanchez. News writer and producer is Reggie Truman. And I'm Oscar Bastille. Thank you for listening.